Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Want more control over your life? You need more control over your money. Hi, I'm Jean Chatsky, and that's why I started the Her Money Podcast. From understanding your money personality to taking steps to earn more, spend wisely, invest for tomorrow, and protect it all, I can help you get there. So join me. Subscribe to Her Money with Jean Chatsky wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing instinct, intuition, and anxiety. Getting to know yourself, and I know how vague that can sound, But getting to know yourself is the way to learn the difference between intuition and anxiety. I'm going to talk in this episode about instinct as it relates to intuition. This episode, if you listen all the way through, will invite you to experience and to feel and to observe your response. This is a deeper, richer way to get to know yourself. This answers the question, how do I get to know myself? By paying attention by observing, the same way you might get to know someone else, by hanging out, by having different experiences that show you more about who that person is. It's the same with the relationship with yourself. Noticing how you respond to what I share today and all the content that I put out into the world, everything that you experience in your mundane day-to-day, you get to observe yourself and see, is there openness or resistance? Do I meet new information, new invitations to experience with judgment or a curious chuckle, with an eye roll or with an embrace, with curiosity or dismissal, with acceptance and flow or control issues that hinder flow? See, a lot of our responses and reaction, they come from our human ego, not the best part of our personalities, not the best parts of this human experience. To get to know our intuition more deeply, to use it as a tool, we start to shift from this head knowledge, paying attention to our thoughts as the primary or even only source of information, to our intuitive centers, little different than the head. We have intuitive centers at the heart, at the gut. This is how you get to know yourself other than from head knowledge of the mind, by paying attention to these intuitive centers. If you're like me, you grew up with no one guiding you to pay attention to anything other than what you were thinking. Our American westernized culture in my opinion, overvalues, skews the importance of head knowledge 
to the detriment of all other forms of knowledge. There are a lot of forms of intelligence beyond the mind. I think this is in part what's missing from traditional mental health counseling, which is my background. If you're new to me, I've been a clinical counselor for almost two decades now. We're social creatures. We're born to be socialized. We need each other. We're biologically wired to be social, to rely on each other, to learn with and from each other. We learn a lot of who we are by comparing and contrasting to other people as we grow up. Now, it's a fine, nuanced line. We want to figure out who we are and sometimes more importantly, who we are not by comparing and contrasting to others and looking into the mirrors held up for us by every other person that we come into contact with over the course of our lives. But we don't want to give the power of our own self-definition to another human being. We want to learn from others, but we want to maintain our personhood. We want to maintain being our own authority figure. Because it's our own one precious life and we are responsible for everything we do in it and everything we don't do. The term is self-esteem, not others' esteem. We can't get our self-esteem by overly looking to others. It might feel good in the moment when somebody says, oh, good girl or good boy or you did it right. If we're doing good work there, we're learning to internalize and be able to become the person that decides and congratulates, encourages, cheerleads, or limits and disciplines our own selves. In psychology, we call this external versus internal locus of control. And people who want and desire and maintain an external locus of control I want my good feeling to come from an external. I want someone else to tell me I'm good enough, that I matter, that I'm not ridiculous or I'm not crazy. I want that from an outward source, which feels really great when we get it. But then we feel really desperate and lost and terrified, even sometimes depressed if we don't get it. That's the problem with continuing to want an external locus of control, that external thing or place or person that tells us we're okay. We want to cultivate an internal locus of control, becoming our own authority figure, not in a way where we give the finger to other people's input or advice or observation of us, but in a way that is self-respecting. And also respecting of other people's observations, especially people we respect and look up to and are willing to learn and grow from and with. We're tasked in this life with helping others and being helped by others. And we're tasked with a certain amount of self-sufficiency. If we accidentally find ourselves a part of a cult We have likely given too much of our personal power away to a cult mentality or a cult leader or a cult membership. 
If we accidentally find ourselves a part of a violent or destructive relationship, we've likely had our personal power slowly taken over time by a dynamic or by a person playing dominant and overly powerful. It also means we've participated in giving up some of our power over time, even if we didn't know that that's what we were doing or what was happening. If we become entangled, ensnared, caught up in such relationships where we give up our personal power, our autonomy, our personhood, then we are tasked with figuring out what it is to take our rightful power back. Notice I say take it back, not ask for it back, not cry for it back, not beg for it back. We find empowered ways to take our rightful power back, to have ownership over ourselves and our lives, to not have ownership over ourselves, our lives, our decisions, the good, the bad, and the ugly, is to play into a victim mentality. We don't want to be the victim of our very own lives. And if we feel so, then we really do need to figure out how to take some power back. Connecting with intuition is a form of taking our power back. If you're new to emotional badass or new to my work because you found me in our more recent social media push, I try to put words to our emotional process our emotions, our, our deep selves. Yo, this human experience, this human condition, it's so rich, it's so complex. It's so much deeper than any words I could ever string together could fully describe. I believe this is why so many of us craved and didn't receive much of an emotional education, not formally and not from our families of origin, typically. I think we're so scientifically motivated as a modern society because we want concrete answers. That makes sense. Of course, we want concrete, scientifically provable, testable information and answers. I don't know how science is ever going to really study the complexity of our human process. There's an art form to this life experience there's an art form to being a person. There's an art form to resiliency, to our mental health. There is art form to relating to ourselves and to each other. There's so much in the human condition where our physical human parts meet a mystical, energetic, and spiritual part that we just can't put a scientific finger on. We are more than a brain. We are more than the hardware of this body. And this experience, we are heart, the spirit of a heart, not just a heart organ that beats in our chest. As humans, we have soul, even if you're atheist. I know I like talking to my atheist people. You can feel something in music, something in art, something in a cinematic movie that, that moves you, that makes you feel where our human parts, our physical parts, meet these energetic and spiritual parts. This is the essence of our lives. Learning the difference between anxiety and intuition will unlock intuition as a useful tool. 
and it will ultimately set you free. But you can't just learn about intuition in your mind as head knowledge, because intuition, it isn't a head knowledge experience. It doesn't happen in the head. It's felt in heart, in gut, in the core of our being, in the soles of our feet even. We happen to be living through a very heady time, a head knowledge era with the introduction of the internet in our lifetime. We have too much practice. We're big old meaty head knowledge muscles, big old giant heads walking around, kind of disconnected from our body's intelligence overvaluing a head intelligence above all else. We haven't so much valued as a society. Gut, heart, core muscles. So our gut, core, intuitive muscles are out of balance with our big old upper body giant head muscles. It's like we have little old bird legs. I know y'all have seen that bodybuilder out there that has giant upper body and teeny tiny little old bird legs. You know why? Because that dude feels super strong when he lifts those arm weights. And he feels pretty puny and weak when he works out his legs. So he keeps ignoring his legs and keeps getting that upper body bigger and bigger and bigger. We're out of balance like that within ourselves and within society. Head versus body knowledge and awareness. Let's define instinct. I'm going to define it today as the primal bodily physical way a human reacts to any given situation or circumstance. When I was in the city and I'd hear an unusual sound in the quiet middle of the night, I'd stop, freeze, even holding my breath to instinctually listen, my ears, my sense of sound perking and peaking, operating at maximum precision. Living in a much more rural mountain setting now, the same instinct to get still and quiet and listen washes over me if I hear a noise in the middle of the night. Only now I'm just listening for a bear or a moose or a mountain lion instead of a person or prowler. The instinct of my body instantly goes into this intense listening and stilling mode. The instincts of my body take over instantly. My body goes into this intense listening and stilling mode, ready to inform my nervous system to run, to fight, or freeze like an opossum. Instinct comes from my body's sensory system and its readings and interpretations of the physical stimuli, like hearing a weird sound in the middle of the night. I think of intuition as the spirits or as the collective energy of the universe. It's the instinct of energy. It's the instinct of spirit. And if this sounds woo-woo to you, to give weight, to give form to something like intuition, we have all walked into a room after some kind of bad argument went down. We have the phrase, ooh, we could cut the tension with a knife. If you have ever felt that kind of energy, then you must admit to yourself that energy is real. It's not woo-woo. It's just that we can't measure it. We can't catch it. We can't see it. Intuition and how it feels to each of us is going to be a little personal. It's going to be a little bit different. 
Some of us can sense emotion in others. I'm an intuitive empath. I can feel emotion. I can feel what people are feeling. Another word to describe my form of intuition is I'm also clairsentient. I often have intuition over what people are thinking, what they know. Some people are medical intuitives. They can sense what's going on medically with another person. Some people have a special connection with animals and they can sense what's going on with the animals in their lives. How we each feel our intuition may be a little different and a little similar. I've been able to test my intuition a lot because of the nature of my work, having client after client after client as a full-time counselor for many years. The experience of being a counselor and coach, I've had so many experiences and examples to test out how my intuition works. My clients often stop session to just say, how did you know that about me? And I just shrug and say, I really am an intuitive, so I can't give you the lotto numbers or tell you psychically when you might meet the love of your life. But I do get intuitive information about people that I interact with, particularly when I'm grounded and when I'm channeling love for the greater good, which means that I'm not trying to force or create or control my intuitive notions. I'm open and allowing, which helps my human ego stay out of the way of my intuitions so that my readings can be purer than muddled by conscious thought. So let's play with our intuition. And I say play very intentionally. Play is a pathway to getting to know ourselves better, to being able to hear and sense our intuition. Lighthearted, curious toddler energy is the energy that I want to guide you into to get to know your intuition. Think about a toddler. A toddler is totally present. Toddler is not worrying about who's going to make dinner later, who's going to go to the store, what time the store will be open, if traffic will be bad. That toddler is just in the moment. That toddler stops its entire world if a little worm tries to cross the sidewalk because that child is more connected to being fully present instead of stressed which takes us out of the present moment. Here's another example to get you into this mode. You know how a little baby catches a glimpse of their foot and they just babble talk? They're not saying real words yet, but man, are they having a conversation with their little foot? And that baby catches that that foot is moving when that baby's trying to move that foot. And it's just paying attention to that foot like nothing else exists kicking that cute little chonk of a baby leg like it's the most interesting thing in the whole wide world like nothing else exists that baby just squealing in delight at the power it has to move that leg and foot this is the kind of energy that we want to sort of try on for size we want to play around with when we're sensing our intuitions 
If you're here listening and you're kind of depressed right now, I'm going to speak intuitively to you for a moment. It's okay if a part of you is thinking, F you, Nikki, I'm not getting into any kind of cutesy mindset, like with a baby foot. (laughs) I've got real problems. I'm in a real bad mood right now. I get it. Your adolescent part can totally give me the finger if it wants to right now. I'm not offended. I'm not hurt by that. Let her or him express him or herself. It's okay to be annoyed. It's also okay to not let that guide your whole experience for the day or for the moment. You can listen to that part and then you can also tap in a wise woman or a wise man part that can say to that adolescent part inside of you, I hear you. It's okay. Come on. But there's no harm in what Nikki's offering. We can still try what Nikki's offering. So let's just drop the eye roll. Let's drop the arms crossed energy. Let's let go of any huffing and puffing and pouting energy. And let's just try a little something for a few minutes. Remember, y'all, to change We have to really lean in and embrace change and change from attitude to action. My way isn't the only right way. It's just a way that has worked for me and many other highly sensitive people and survivors. During this next exercise, I'm going to have you close your eyes, relax, And I'll be playing some different sounds for you to listen to and to explore your reactions, your relationship to these sounds. So if you aren't driving and it's safe to do so, I invite you to close your eyes and let go of the world. Let go of the to-do list of the day and of this life. Just be with your mind and body and my voice. Take a break from life. Take a break from the world. And breathe. Breathe at your own pace. Breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. With each in-breath, bringing in cool, crisp, clean, fresh air. Refreshed oxygen into the body. Breathe into this body. Take a moment as if to notice your body for the first time today. Hello, body. This body, this body that lugs us around every single day, no matter what. Breathe into some gratitude for this body. Gratitude for this body and its imperfections. Gratitude for each beat of this heart that pumps blood throughout this entire system. Breathe into some gratitude for this body. How it wakes up with you and holds you every single day. Breathe in and breathe out. Finding a rhythm with your breath. 
breathing the bridge between mind and body. The language, mind and body both speak, both understand. Breathing in and breathing out. Listen so deeply that you are listening to the quiet in the room where I'm recording. Listen beyond me, beyond my voice. Listen to the quiet. Inhaling the quiet at your own pace. Exhaling the quiet at your own pace. Now notice what you notice as I guide you through this activity. Here comes the first sound. What happened when you heard these baby giggles? Did the corners of your mouth lift? Did your brows soften? Did your deep belly ease and lighten? Did other things happen inside of your body? What do baby giggles do to your heart space? What do they do to that spot of tension so many of us have in the neck, in the shoulders? What does this response show you about you? What did you feel when you listened to these coyotes? I often hear the coyotes in the distance. In the recent few months, the coyotes became really, really close to my house. The windows were open that night, and as they howled, I felt electricity run up my spine. My body knows to be on guard around such howling. I've never met a coyote. Never had one growl at me. Never had one go after me or bite me. Never had one go after one of my pets. And yet something inside of me knows heeds the warning of those howls. What a brilliant system this body is.
when I hear this sound, it brings me to nostalgia. It reminds me of being in the living room with my grandparents. It reminds me of safety, of innocence, of popped popcorn and ice cream with Grammy and Grandpa. Innocence and comfort. Sometimes innocence brings me to a bittersweet quality because that innocence is gone. It's lost. What does this Disney sound do to you? How does it feel? Where does it feel inside of your body? What do you sense when you hear the rain? What does it mean to you? Rain is one of those things. I ask a hundred people, half will say they love it, half will say they don't like it. How do you relate to the sounds of rain? To me, it brings me back to working in the French Quarter, to those afternoon summer Louisiana storms that can roll in and pound the earth and then disappear as if they weren't even there. I love the rain. It's like wet curtains falling down on the earth covering up everything else to just hear the pitter-patter of the rain. Where does this sound take you? How does it feel? Does it put you on guard for a moment? Does it bring you back to a room, to a door from your past? What do you feel and what do you sense? What do you notice? I've lived in a lot of very old homes over the course of my life. Some door and floor creaking warms my heart. What does it do to you, for you? What does this sound show you about you as you relate to yourself? Next sound. Whether you are connected with sports or not, I don't do a lot in the realm of sports, but I don't think it matters. I think in our individual and collective psyches, these sounds play inside of us. They are a part of the background of who we are as people. 
even if you have no baseball experience, what does it do that moment you hear that ball crack the bat? For me, it's like my heart soars like a bird all of a sudden flying through the sky. It's like, yes, it's like that's how a wind feels or sounds. That someone has the gift, the human coordination to use that bat to hit that ball. It's magnificent. It makes me feel magnificent. I love seeing human beings at their best. Something about that crack of the ball on that bat. It's like that sound is just the sound of a wind. Now, this sound may mean different things depending on how old you are. I grew up being able to hear this HBO sound. This HBO sound, it meant something really cool is coming. I'm about to be entertained and I'm about to be entertained with something probably outside of my parents' comfort zone. I was very restricted on television and TV, so if I went to anybody else's house and we were allowed to watch HBO, ooh, I felt like I was breaking the rules in a really exciting way. It's an exciting sound for me. It might be a sound that represents some of the first little bitty teeny tiny PG ways that I started to rebel. And rebellion would eventually help me save my life. What did this sound remind you of? Where did it bring you to? What do you feel when you hear this iconic music? Does it bring you back to being a child? Does it remind you of a time you were trying to get away from somebody or something? What happens in your heart space when you hear this music? 
What do you notice in the pit of your belly, the core of your being? What happens to the space behind your eyes, to your jaw muscles, to the back of your neck, to the bottoms of your feet? Allow yourself to have the experience as you experience it. Next sound. Now here is an energy of movement, of running, of the earth being pounded by hooves. What does it feel like inside of you? What do you sense? Where does it take you? Are you someone with horse experience? Are you someone who's never had horse experience? Next sound. When you listen to these birds, what do you sense? Do you hope for spring? Can you smell spring when you hear the songbirds? That's what happens to me. Birds bring me back to my childhood, to precious times of wonder with my grandpa in the backyard. It brings me back to remembering his love. It fills me with his love. All from the experience of listening to birds. The last and final sound. What do you feel in your heart space when you hear the collective energy, when you feel the collective energy of an entire stadium erupting? Is it okay to feel what you're feeling? Do you notice holding yourself back? Does a part of you want to jump on the collective excitement? Does a rebel part refuse? What happens for you as you hear the crowd cheering? Does it take you to a memory? Does it take you to a dream? What do you feel and what do you notice? You may be asking yourself why we just did this. Why do we just do this exercise with sound? 
by listening to these sounds and being mindful of the feelings that they bring, you get to know yourself on a deeper level. No one else can feel what you can feel except you. This is your own intimacy with yourself. This is a way of feeling, sensing, and understanding, learning to interpret our own intuition. This is the path to understanding ourselves and truly and deeply taking care of ourselves and guiding ourselves in our lives towards where we want to go and away from where we don't want to be. In the task of getting to know yourself, there will be countless ways that you get to experience more of who you are to enrich your own relationship with yourself. Getting to know yourself is the path to having a stronger relationship with intuition. If you are interested in growing that relationship and having more peace, more joy, come check out Emotional Strength Training 30 Days to Peace and sign up with the next cohort that starts on the first of the month. You get to practice into peace so that you can hear and listen to your intuition as the guiding tool it was always meant to be. Check out our available online courses at emotionalbadass.com slash courses. We're proud to be part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. I am an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. I will be here next week, right here, with a brand new episode just for you. Light and love and take care. I am an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Bye-bye.